Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of sharing from your holy written word. Thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for what you have planned for us as a church this night. We receive all in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I depend on you for utterance, for understanding, revelation, and ability to communicate with ease. Beyond what I'm saying, speak specifically to the hearts of your people. Glorify Jesus and Him alone. In Jesus' name, Amen. Praise God. Jeremiah chapter 1, Amen. Understanding your call. Or calling Jeremiah chapter 1 and um, I trust God that what we start teaching today will continue on Sunday and um, we'll have a great time amen, amen. amen. I, I encourage if you are the kind that love to write I encourage you to write if questions arise that you don't have answer just note them if by the end of my teaching on Sunday they are not yet answered then I will take questions and answer. Amen. With pastor's permission, maybe I will just take out of my time to take some questions and answer. But I trust the Holy Spirit to answer all questions before I'm through. I really trust Him to do that. Praise God. Jeremiah chapter 1 from verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying... Now, this is the call of Jeremiah... We are talking about understanding your call. So uh, some things are just the same. The word of the Lord came unto me saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Amen. That's all I want to read here. Before I formed thee in your mother's womb, I knew thee. Hallelujah. And I have called thee. Now this is wonderful. You know, um, there are two persons in the Bible in particular that for many years when I read about them, I wish the same was said about me. One, Jeremiah. The other is um, John the Baptist. Hear what God said about him. He said, before I formed you in your in the belly I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. In other words, God was telling Jeremiah, I called you before you were born. Say amen. amen. Now, I, I like that that was said about Jeremiah. And I wished, I kept wishing for many years until God delivered me from wishing. I wish that a prophet prophesied to my mother before she gave birth to me that that which you carry is a man of God. But nobody did. But I'm still a man of God. Say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now hear what was said about John in Luke chapter 1. The birth of John. In Luke chapter 1. Um... From verse what now? So many verses. Want to pick a few? Mm. Hallelujah. 
Wow. Zachariah and Elizabeth were stricken of age. Angel appeared to them and the angel began to speak from verse 13, please. But the angel said unto him, to Zachariah, Fear not, Zachariah, for thy prayer is hard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, see that, even from his mother's womb, he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Now, that was another person I wish I was like him. Amen. John the Baptist, before he was born, there was a prophetic word that he would be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. And um, how many of us have wished like that too? Let me be sure I'm not alone, dear. Okay, thank you. One, two, three. Only three of us are going to heaven. How many of us have wished like that? Let me see the hands again. All right. Up to five. Five of us are going to heaven now. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Before I formed thee, I knew thee. Before your mother gave birth to you, I sanctify you to be a prophet. Then he said to John the Baptist that he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Now, the way some of you are looking at me, I think it's good. I drowned you before helping you. Amen. How many of us believe that John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb? Let me see your hand up. Some people are not just participating. You believe or you know. He was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Wave. All right. Thank you. How many of us believe it's after he was born that he was filled with the Holy Ghost? How many of us believe he was never filled? (laughs) Now you have to stand somewhere. So how many of us believe he was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb? Let me see your hand up. Thank you. Beautiful. Amen. Hallelujah. Now listen. John the Baptist was not filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Can we close now? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Just drop your stones. Amen. Even if you don't agree with me at the end of my talk. But John the Baptist was not filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Because even Jesus was not. Nobody was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Say amen. amen. Now. <laughs> what God was speaking about John, he was talking about his calling, which is the same thing he said to Jeremiah. Now, how many of us believe that God anointed Jeremiah from his mother's womb? He poured oil on his head. Was he? No. But we read that God said, Before I formed thee in your mother's womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee to be a prophet. Hallelujah. Now, what was God explaining in essence? You see, when the Bible says... John the Baptist will be filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. 
Are you with me? God was introducing the nature of our calling. Now, he said that about Jeremiah. He said about John. The same thing was said about Paul. And in a short while you will see, the same was said about you. Hallelujah. Now, please, just just follow me. You will agree somewhere. Filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb is a figure of speech. Hallelujah. What God is trying to say in essence is, Hey, before you were born, I have called you. Praise the Lord. Now, that is what he said to Jeremiah. That is what he said to John. And he said to Paul the same and is applicable to us all. Praise God. Now, but if you are not able to assimilate what I say about John, just throw it away. It's not everything you accept that I say. Do you understand? But I want you to accept this. It will help our journey. That your calling predates your birth. Amen. Your calling predates your birth. Or let me say it another way. Your calling predates your existence. Hallelujah. That was what God told Jeremiah. This call I have for you, Jeremiah, came before you were born. He said the same thing to John and the same to Paul. Look at Galatians chapter 1. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 1. Praise God. Oh, but Pastor, when, when Mary saluted Elizabeth, that was when John the Baptist was filled for the baby leap with joy. As Dr. Phil, he's a doctor, he will tell you. If a woman is pregnant and she gets to the third trimester of pregnancy at different instances, the baby will leap. The child will kick. I mean, any woman that I've given birth here knows that there are different times that the baby kick. Am I right? Am I right? Especially if you carry your pregnancy to church. And we say something about the name of Jesus like... Um, the worship team bless us with, as everybody is going, the baby will do, because right there, the baby is doing hallelujah, praise God too, amen, so that we had that said about uh, (laughs) Elizabeth and John the Baptist, does not mean it only happened to them, it happened to us, Amen. amen, if you were born before now, it will be written about you, so I'm writing it about you now, amen, Galatians chapter 1, (laughs) Some people are just looking at okay. Galatians chapter 1, from verse 14, Paul talking about himself. He said, And I profited in the Jewish religion above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, now pay attention, when it pleased God who separated me. Can you see that phrase again? From my mother's womb. So Paul was also called, separated from his mother's womb. Say amen. Amen. 
at least we have seen it in three places so you know it's not peculiar to john not peculiar to jeremiah it also happened to paul say amen, amen. now uh before if we just read and stop here you probably live here and say there are three special people in the bible jeremiah john the baptist and paul because they were called from their mother's womb let's read about you tell your neighbor this you now second timothy chapter one from verse seven hallelujah jesus second timothy chapter one from verse seven for god has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind you know this is a good verse to keep meditating and confessing especially if you are having fear 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 around amen death does not only come when you travel (laughs) 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 hallelujah now i'm not laughing at anybody i'm actually laughing at the devil because uh, before we took off today he kept telling me many times that this journey you die on the road So, why didn't you change my mind, your mind? Because I know that I shall not die. What if you die? Then you bury. Is that not simple? Amen. You know, too many times we are too concerned. What if I die? If you die, you'll be with Jesus. The rest will bury the body. Praise God. To live is Christ, to die is gain. Anyway, no need to fear. Praise the Lord. In dying, if Jesus tarry, you will die. Hello. No, uh, that is not a curse word. If Jesus tarry, you will die. There will come a time that you yourself will say, I want to go. By the time you've been here 240 years. Uh-huh. Praise God. And it's a choice. We choose when to die, we choose when not to die. Say with me, I shall not die. I shall live and declare the works of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Alright. God has not given us spirit of fear. Verse 8. But be thou therefore. Be, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Nor of me the, his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the affliction of the gospel. According to the power of God. Who has. Please go with me now. Who has what? Saved us. That's one. And what? Called us. Are you among the us? Are you among the us? Good. Call us with an holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us, read the next with me, in Christ Jesus when? Before Before time began. Before the world began. How many of us were in existence before the world began? On earth. How many of us were in existence on earth before the world began? None. So you also, God called you before he formed you in your mother's womb. Say amen if you understand that now. Good. Now, I I started by saying this, that it's not only Paul, Jeremiah, and John, praise God, 
uh, the Bible gave example of a few, then I'm glad Paul by the Spirit made it open. He said, God called us before the world began. Hallelujah. Now, that is the first thing I want us to note about our calling. Amen. And I will just um, explain the points further. Your calling predates your existence. Hallelujah. Your calling existed with God before you were born. Amen. I explain it further. Praise God. Your calling is the reason for your creation. Your calling is the reason for your creation. Hallelujah. Your calling is the reason for your creation. Now, what does that mean? Um, I know God will fix many things in our minds today. And in our lives forever. Say amen. amen. What does that mean? It means God did not call you. Because he created you. Did you get that? Rather, he created you because he has called you. I will say that again. God did not call you because he created you. But rather, he created you because he has called you. I think that's simple enough, isn't it? Praise God. Now, I don't, I don't want to make this a question so that I won't have many enemies tonight. Amen. I know I already have some. When I say John the Baptist was not feeling from his mother's womb. Please let me tell your neighbor, just be a friend. Don't be angry with Pastor Tindy. <laughs> Amen. Just be a friend. I don't want to... Uh, Look for more trouble. So, instead of asking questions, I'll be telling you now. Praise God. I say praise God. If you ask an average believer or minister of the gospel about his calling, you will hear somebody say, God called me in 1982. God called me in 1992. God called me in the year 2000. How many of us have had such expressions? Amen. Now, I don't want to ask you when did God call you so that we'll not be enemies. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, if what I'm saying sounds different from what you have believed, just know that I used to be in the same boat with you until God helped me. Praise God. I have told people for several years that God called me in 1989. Praise God. Of course, I've had many others talked about God called me 1981. God called me so-so time. And so I thought God called me 1989. But the Bible says here that he called us with a holy calling before the world began. Hello? That means, listen to me, child of God. God did not call you in 1982. You only discovered it in 1982. The calling has been there long before you were born. And after you were born, even while you were still a sinner, 
The call has been upon your life. You only discovered it. It's the day you discovered it. That you say, this is the day I was called. Hello? Let me take another one. Praise God. If you ask somebody, when, when did you get born again? You say, okay, yeah. Yeah, 2005. Praise God. Oh, September 1, 2006. But it's not true. When Jesus rose from the dead, all of us were born again. Ah, now I've entered trouble. All of us, before God, were born again when Jesus rose from the dead. But, it's the day you realize God has saved you and you make Jesus Lord of your life that you recorded it. Bam! 2005, I got born again. How many of us have read that the Bible said Jesus is the firstborn of every believer? Amen. His word? Firstborn. Is that not so? How many of us also have read that Jesus is the head of the body and we are the body, the church? Praise God. He's the firstborn and he's the head. Can we move on? Good. Is Jesus your head? And he's the firstborn. Now, if your head is firstborn, are you secondborn? Ma? Thank you. You are talking to me. I mean, some are afraid to say what I'm saying. If your head is firstborn, are you thirdborn? Are you lastborn? You are also what? Kai. Nobody is helping me today. Okay, how many of us here are biologically, you are firstborn of your parents? Let me see. Biologically. Can I ask you a question, sir? Are you sure? I hope you won't be embarrassed. Alright. So, if you get embarrassed, I'm not responsible. He promised me. Come, sir. Your firstborn, isn't it? Or maybe I should ask them. Is firstborn of uh, Mr. Habila. 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 That man will surely make heaven, even the way his name sounds. I hope your father is not here. This is what I'm saying freely. Alright, let me ask you instead of asking him, between his head and his body, who is the real firstborn of Mr. Abila? Huh? They are together, isn't it? Now, but a childbirth, I know you were not there when he was born, but you can answer. The day he was born, who came out first? His head, his leg, or his whole body? His head. The, came, the head came first together with the body. Praise God. But the head did not come out on Monday and then the body on Wednesday. As soon as the head came, we know that the body will come. Jesus is the head of the church. So in the new creation, in the new birth, Jesus, your head, came first. But child of God, when he came, you came the same day. You did not wait 20 years after to be born. Hallelujah. 
Come on. Do you understand what I just said now? Jesus, the head, came first. Child of God, you ain't second born. You are not third born. You are not last born. You were born the same day with him. So as he came out, you also follow. Glory. Hallelujah. So in the eyes of God, all of us were born again when Jesus was born again. When he rose from the dead. Say amen if you are there. So, Jesus, okay, let's make it as a question. I know we have good answer now. So, who is God's firstborn, Jesus or you? Thank you. All of us in this kingdom are God's firstborn. That's why you read, thank you, sir. Thank you. You've heard my message now. That's why you read in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. Please, let's read that quickly. But ye are come unto Mount Zion, to the city of the living God. Now, this city is what? The heavenly Jerusalem. And in that place, we have innumerable company of angels, nurse, to the general assembly and the church. What's the description of the church? Church of what? The firstborn. In other words, in the church, in the body of Christ, only firstborn are allowed. If you are not a firstborn, you are not part of this family. Help me tell somebody, I am God's firstborn. Hey, Lord, help me not to change my message. Tell another person, I am God's firstborn. Ah, tell two other persons, I am God's firstborn. You know why it's important for you to know you are God's firstborn? Amen. Help me, oh Lord, help me tell them something. You know why it's important? First, first, when inheritance is being shared, the firstborn receives twice as much as every other person. So you are as God's firstborn. Whatever is in the kingdom, you are entitled to double. Please help me say amen. Amen. That's why the Bible says we are joint heirs with Christ. Whatever is his portion, so is yours. As he is, so am I. You are not having any less. As he is, so am I. Say an amen. Amen. I am God's firstborn. Let me hear somebody say it. Hallelujah. (laughs) See another thing about firstborn. Genesis 49. Thou shalt not forget your message today. The call. Now, Genesis 49, you know in verse 1, Jacob called all his children to bless. Then in verse 3, that's what I'm interested in now. Verse 3, he said, Reuben, thou art my firstborn. Mm, Jacob called Reuben the firstborn. God calls you his firstborn. Now, so see, what's the portion of firstborn? As a firstborn, you are what? My might. So you are the might of God. The beginning of my strength. That's what God is saying about you. His strength. See the other thing. Excellency of dignity and excellency of power. In other words, as God's firstborn, he sees you as a full representative of him. Say amen. Amen. Say I'm God's firstborn. Say it again. 
I, you know what? I, I know in the natural, if first bond is female, second bond is male, the second bond is the hair, you will soon go. Hallelujah. But in this kingdom, no female, no male. No gender. All of us are God's first bond. Say an amen. amen. All right. That was the digression. I hope it bless you. I'm back to 2 Timothy 1 9 now. So God called us, He saved us. From the day Jesus rose from the dead, salvation available to all. It's the day you discovered it and received it, that you registered as this is when I got born again. Amen. Amen. Now, but our calling, that's the one I'm interested in. He saved us. Now, notice, all of us that are saved, he did something else to us. He called us. With a holy calling. So, and he said, the calling before you were born. You were called before you were born. Help me say, I was called before I was born. And I said to us, God did not call you because he created you. Rather, he created you because he called you. Amen. That means your existence is a proof of your calling. Amen. Your existence is what? A proof of your calling. If a man says, I am not called to you, you, you know, Dr. Phil and other pastors, God called them. I am not called. The man is simply saying, I am dead. Though. I am dead. Because your existence is a proof of your calling. God did not create anyone that he did not call. Hey, come on, help me please. Help me if you are here, help me with an amen. amen. You know why? What is your calling? What does it mean, your calling? I hope to do a few introductions tonight. Are you still with me? Yes, sir. Listen, let's take, the, uh, let's take what your calling is not. Your calling is not your title. Pastor is not my calling. Reverend is not my calling. Teacher is not my calling. Apostle is not my calling. Bishop is not my calling. Can we close? You, you know the problem we have? We have confused titles with calling. So when we talk about calling, we immediately think about titles. Your calling is not your title. Secondly, your office is not your calling. Uh, I should say that again. Your office is not your calling. 
prophet is not a calling. It's an office. Uh Uh-uh. Praise God. Teacher is not a calling. It's an office. Apostle is not a calling. It's an office. Singing is not a calling. It's a gift. Are we communicating? You, 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 know, you know, the problem we have with understanding calling is um, a real problem come from Ephesians 4, from verse 7 to 11. When he ascended up on high, he gave gifts to men. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some pastors, some teachers, some evangelists, and some pastors. Praise God. What is popularly known as the five-fold ministry. Now, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, describe offices, not calling. Say amen. Now, when you think of calling in terms of offices, then some people will say they are not called. It's not every one of us that will be an apostle, prophet, or evangelist. Say amen if you are getting that. It's not everybody that will stand here and teach or preach like I'm doing. But everyone is called. Now, listen. The simplest way to define your calling is your divine assignment. It's that simple. Your calling is your divine assignment what god has assigned you to do amen Ah, that's the simplest way to define it your divine assignment praise god Um, okay i will explain that shortly but you see um If you work in an office, praise God. Let's take, for example, you are staff of um, Guarantee Trust Bank. Amen. A manager, a branch manager in that bank. Praise God. You have an office, isn't it? Please follow me in your mind. The branch manager has an office, isn't it? Good. Is that office him? Good. Now, answer me the next thing. Does Guarantee Trust Bank pay him for having an office? What do they pay him for? Say it, please. The service, the job he carries out in the office. Okay, now, you're almost getting what I'm saying. Is that not so? Now, if... If maybe not the manager now, maybe a teller in Guaranteed Trust Bank, are you with me? If he carries the money he's supposed to pay customers there and bring it to 
TSP, you say, you know, you are my people. We just pay you here. Praise the Lord. <laughs> what did you say, Daddy? It was sucking. Did you hear that? <laughs> did you hear that? Please. His, his answer is helping me to bring the message home now. Praise God. Now, but do they pay him for having the office? Now, why will you sack him for doing the same job outside his office? It's not the right way. Now, listen. Your office provides the right platform for your calling to find expression. I say it again. Your office provides the right platform for your calling to find expression. Your office provides the right platform for your calling to find expression. Your office does what? Provide the right platform for your calling to find expression. So, if God calls you into the office of an apostle, that apostolic office is just providing the platform for your calling to find expression. The apostle is not the calling, it's the platform. Prophet is not the calling, it's the platform for expression of the calling. So, you almost did not get what I see. Let's be sure you had. Like, he explained to us, you said, does the bank pay him for having an office or for carrying out the duty? Likewise, God does not reward you for having a ministry office. He rewards you for fulfilling the calling. No, God will not reward you for being a pastor. We'll not reward you for being a prophet. We'll not reward you for being an apostle. We'll not reward you for being an amen seer. If there's anything like that. Praise the Lord. What does he reward? Fulfilling the calling. Amen. Hallelujah. So you see, the calling is the assignment. Okay? You're a teller. That is position. This is your office. From this office you operate. You pay them and receive deposit accordingly. Assignment. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Praise God. So, the whole thing is about the assignment. But, if you take the assignment outside your office, like he said, you'll be fired. So you stay in your office to fulfill your calling. Kai. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a simple question. Your answer now will help me start my teaching. And I hear, wow, it means be careful. Your answer will really help me start my teaching. If, if somebody tells you, um, I am... A teller, guarantee trust bank, see my office, you go to the office, um, no computer, no paper, no biro, no, no chair, no table, 
Will you believe that's his office? Huh? Give me some of the things you expect in a corporate office. Tell me, please. Chairs, table, computer. Huh? There's TV, okay. Now listen, listen. Why do we have tables, chair, pen, um, computer in an office? These are equipment to help the person carry out his assignment. There is no office without equipment. These equipments are called gifts. For you to fulfill your calling, you must have gifts on your life. Praise the Lord. All right. Let's say this other thing about your calling so that you understand. Um, My papers are ready. Good. He said, God has saved us and called us with what? A holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his word. Please say it aloud. His word. Say it again. His word. What is the determinant of your calling? God's purpose for your life. Thank you. Hallelujah. Our calling is according to his purpose. Amen. Our calling is according to his purpose. See, see a twin scripture to this. Romans 8.28, please. Romans 8.28. Amen. Oh, praise God. Now, the first thing I want to leave us with tonight, every one of us has a calling. Everyone. Amen. If Satan can deceive you to believe that I am not called, then you are walking corpse. Because I said to you, your existence is a proof of your calling. Say amen. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things, some things, all things work together for good to those who love God. Let me read the next thing. Those who are called according to his purpose. So, the only thing that existed, or one major thing that existed before your calling, is your purpose. God's purpose for your life. What is purpose? The reason for anything. The why. Praise the Lord. Early morning you get dressed and you're rushing out. And your neighbor's sister who just came from the village says, Ah, why are you rushing out so soon? I have to go to work. So you are not rushing because you like bodily exercise. Is a purpose you must fulfill. Be at work 7 o'clock. Please help me. What did you say sir? Say it again. The why. Your purpose is the why. For your life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Purpose precedes design. Is that not so? This keyboard before us helps us have good sound in church. Am I right? 
this mic helps us have good sound in church. Am I right? <laughs> These speakers help us to have good sound in church. Am I right? General purpose the same, good sound. Specific, very different. And because of their specific function, they were designed. This is designed to pick my voice so that it will be amplified and will get through the speaker. Is that not so? Now, what the speaker should do is different from the mic. Can you imagine, I like this big speaker. I don't know how many of you can see. Yeah. Can you imagine if my microphone was designed same shape, same size as this speaker? (laughs) So that the one hour of the service is spent trying to lift the speaker from the ground. Now, why... Why did the manufacturer make this one so slim and light and make that one so big and heavy? Purpose. So your physical look and design was determined by your purpose. Correct? In other words... If you are very tall, your purpose needs a tall man. If you are very short, your purpose needs a short man. So can I say something? Your look is perfect for your purpose. Your look is what? Perfect. Oh, he's encouraging you. Now, since he's picking on you, I pick on you too. If, if people accuse you that you are looking too black, you know why? No white man can fulfill your purpose. Your purpose requires that black skin to find fulfillment. So the reason people want to bleach is because they don't understand purpose. Your voice is designed for your purpose. I, that's, why, that's why some people, if you hear their voice singing here, dear God, you want to sing. I tried to sing with them far back 1989. I was chased out of choir. They said, you don't have singing voice. Live here. Then I discover I have a teaching and preaching voice. So the voice did not come without a purpose. It has what? Help me, help me. It has what? If you love to talk, talking is not a sin. It simply means your purpose requires talking to find expression. Just discover the purpose and talk purposefully. Dr. Mike Mudok, a great, a great wisdom crusader of our time, said, said it this way. Dr. Mike Mudok, he said, you know, Mike Mudok's father was, I think he's gone home to be with the Lord now. Mike Mudok's father was a great pastor and a very spiritual man and very quiet. 
you could sit with him whole day apart from good morning, good night. He's not saying anything. So my mother growing up as a little boy, he said, my father is my role model. I want to be like my father. So he kept trying not to talk like his father. Amen. He will fast and pray that he will not talk. The next thing he, he finds out, he's talking. As soon as he breaks the fast, he breaks the silence too. You know, so one day he went to his mother and said, Mama, I got to talk. I'm not like my father. I got to talk. The mother said, let's pray that God fill your words with wisdom. And Mike Mudok said, today I am blessed. And the name Mike Mudok is known virtually all over the world. For what? For talking. Talking purposefully. Listen, what? Okay, let me, let me give this clue. Anything people criticize about your life eh, that did not come by your design. Eh, eh, let, 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 me, let me use Nigerian expression. Anything about your life that is follow come from heaven is related to your purpose. What do you call it? Factory fitted. I don't like the way I talk. You didn't plan that. Purpose. I don't like being a Nigerian. You didn't plan it. Purpose. Should I say that again? <laughs> Come on, shout at Abed if you are here. <laughs> Praise God. Oh my God, why was I not born an American? Purpose. Purpose. Oh, why was I born from Borno State that everywhere now is noise? Purpose. Say an amen. amen. Come on, say a louder amen. amen. Now, that is different from the things you do yourself. You did not read for exam, you fail. You say it's purpose. No, that's foolishness. You refuse to go to work, you are fired, you say purpose. No, that's foolishness. I'm talking about things that follow come. Are we communicating? Hallelujah. You are perfect for your purpose. Amen. Now, purpose is the mother of our calling. Are you with me? Purpose informs your calling. Please give me those things quickly. Let me have seven volunteers quickly. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. My time says round up and I will round up. Thank you. Maybe you should come with your writing materials. You may stay. The volunteers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Give them. You know what? Number one, purpose. Number two, grace. Number four, number three, gifts, calling, creation, ministry. Okay, okay, sir. Thank you. Move the pulpit. I'm sure in doing this we have done. All right. Purpose is one. Grace, gifts, calling. Creation, ministry, 
destiny. I assure you we can't finish this now. But let's try and introduce. Please. Okay. Can you see all these seven words? Let's read them. Turn, turn the other side. Let them see what's on the other side of creation is your existence. Why you on earth? Ministry, destiny. These seven words are closely related. Closely related. You cannot separate them successfully without getting into error. Amen. Their meanings are different, but they are interrelated. Dear God. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of the wisdom to use now. There's a place we enter that we cannot stop. There will be brake failure. I don't want us to get there. So, listen. Listen. Your purpose. Okay, you help me do something. When I come to your place, raise it above my head so that they will see. Okay. Your purpose informs your calling. What happened here? Okay, yeah, it's okay. Your calling. God called us according to his purpose. Let's, let's answer something. He called us according to what? His purpose for our lives. That means your calling, listen now, your calling is God's will for your life. It's not your choice for your life. Amen. Um, let's assume, one of God, what's the name? Bumi. Okay, remain seated. Don't stand up. This is God, amen. amen. This is God. His purpose for your life is based on that purpose that he called you. Are you with me? Good. Now, he said, the scripture we've been reading, 2 Timothy 1.10, if you stay there a little, he said, he called us. Not according to our works, but according to his purpose. Now, if you watch carefully, between purpose and calling, there are two words here, grace and gifts. So they're inclusive. Now, since the calling and purpose is before the world began, that means, move, sir, move all of you, move to Bumi now. Move to Bumi. That means all of these about you, purpose, grace, gift, and calling predate your existence. Before God created you, all of these about you were with God. I'm getting blessed. Please help me, help me answer this question. When we say your purpose, calling, grace, and gifts were with God before he created you. They were with God. Where? Where? Heaven, heaven. Give me another word. Where? In eternity. Thank you. They existed with God in eternity. Please take back your position now. Thank you. All of this existed with God where? Say it aloud. That means your purpose is eternal. Never changing. Your calling is eternal. Never changing. 
The grace is eternal, never changing. The gift is eternal, never changing. Are you with me? Can we now quote a scripture? The gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. Romans eleven twenty nine. They are irrevocable. He does not change them. Why? They are eternal. They are unchangeable. Are you with me? Alright, let's try saying something. I'm with you now. Raise your hand. What are you seeing? Existence. Watch. Everyone in existence has a calling, has gifts, has grace, has a purpose. Should have a ministry. Should arrive at his Now, I hope you noticed when I got here, I said should. Because from the time you came into existence, what you do determines whether you eventually have a ministry and a destiny or not. But, that you are existing, all of these predate your existence. They senior you. In the realm of the spirit, there's hierarchy. Come on, come on, help me. Help me, help me somebody. I'm hearing something exciting in my spirit. Help me with that, amen. Amen. You see, your existence cannot change your calling because the calling signals your existence. Your calling cannot change divine purpose because purpose has been there before calling. If you got that, say amen. If you are still with me, say amen. Amen. I want to give you two good news if you understand what I'm saying. Now, I want to ask again. Can your existence change your calling? Why? The calling predates your existence. We all agree with that, isn't it? And how many of you know that you existed before your mistakes? Now they are not in the hall. Uh, can you point to a child that is not yet born that he made a mistake? Every mistake you made, you came into existence before making them. Are we still together? The calling seniors your existence. Your existence seniors your mistake. The same way your existence cannot change your calling. Your mistake, listen now, listen. Your mistake cannot change your calling. Amen. Sorry. Oh, oh, I'm getting few amen in the house. Are you in the house? Your mistakes cannot change your calling. Not only that, I dare say the next one. Your mistake cannot stop your calling. May seems to delay it, but it cannot stop it. Why? This calling has been there long before you made a mistake. Do you realize? Let me give you a Bible example. You remember Samson? 
everything God said don't do, he did. He's calling. He shall not take strong drink. He took. Nor follow strange women. Oh. He made it his lifestyle. No razor will touch the hair. He did. Yet. Yet. Help me say yet. The Bible said, and Samson's hair began to grow again. And when his hair grew again, the calling was activated again. And he killed more Philistine in his death than in his life. Why will God still use such a man that violated everything about his calling? Because the calling existed before the mistakes. So don't allow your mistakes to stop you from your calling. Though the righteous may fall seven times, what will he do? Rise again! Oh, pastor, you don't understand. I failed God. God told me pray one hour daily for all through this year. But I didn't even do up to one month. I have missed God. I'm glad to let you know the year is not yet over. And the calling is still here. And there is restoration. If you will start today, you will find out you are there. Oh, if only I have followed through what God told me five years ago. My life will have been better. Hey, the gifts and the calling are without repentance. That word is still hanging on your head. Waiting for your obedience. You know another person that blesses me so much in the Bible? He's called Jonah. God told Jonah, go to Sambisa. Then he came to Maitama. But, but you know what religious people tell us? That if God says, go to Ambisa, you come to Maitama, God will kill you. But rather than killing Jonah, we read, and the word of the Lord came to Jonah for the second time. Why is the word coming again, even though he missed God? The calling predates his existence and his mistakes. Child of God, I know you've made some mistakes, but the calling remains eternal. The purpose of God remains unchanging. Nothing can take them from your life. Say an amen if you had. Oh, pastor, you don't understand. All the things God told me, if only I have done them. The good news is, he has not changed his mind. You can still do them now. And have what he has said. Say an amen. Amen. I want to close with this. Say it, dear. Raise your hand and with you, sir. The gifts and the calling of God. Oh, you've, you've left the scripture. I followed you, dear. So I've returned to the gifts and the calling of God. Our word? Irrevocable. Without repentance, irrevocable. I like this irrevocable. Now, if you look carefully, the Bible mentioned gifts, plural, calling one did you see that gifts plural calling singular nobody has more than one calling 
every one of us on earth has one assignment, one calling. Is manifested in form of different assignments, but sum up as one. Yes, some people say I have four callings. You know why they say so? They confuse between offices and calling. You may have many offices, one calling. Just like in the place of work, especially if you are very senior staff there, you can have two or three offices. You shuttle in between, but one assignment in that place. So nobody has one calling. But I like this one. Raise it, Oga. Call it out. Say it. Nobody listening to me tonight has one gift. Everybody has many gifts. And I dare say, none of us has discovered all the gifts that we have. Glory to God. God will never reveal to you all the calling at once. And he will never reveal to you all the gifts at once. Tell of God. You are loaded with gifts. What did I say? <laughs> what did I say? I, I trust that on Sunday I'll pick up from here and just go into some other things. But see, on the, uh, sorry, I didn't write this. I should do that by before Sunday. On the opposite side of the word gifts is the word talents. God gave us both gifts and talents to fulfill our calling. Somebody is asking, what's the difference? Gifts are spiritual endowments. Talents are natural endowments. Did, did I communicate? We have talented unbelievers, but we don't have gifted unbelievers. How many of us have seen unbelievers that are very talented in playing the keyboard? That's all. But he, for example, as a servant of God, playing this is not just a talent, it's a gift because it comes with an anointing. So don't hire an unbeliever to play for you in church. If you must hire, hire a believer. You get gifts and talents. We have unbelievers that are talented singers. Don't know how many of us remember Michael Jackson? That was a talented singer. But the ones that just sang for us now about the name of Jesus are gifted singers. When the anointing, this is the difference. When the anointing of the Holy Spirit rests on your talent, it becomes gifts. So, if you are playing drums, you need to pray in the Holy Ghost to play. So that there will be oil on your 
talent. If you are if you are what sing it, you need to pray to do that. You're playing keyboard, you need to pray to do that. Can I talk to you? If you are a surgeon, you need to carry out and surgery. You need prayer to do surgery. So that you are not just a talented surgeon, you're a gifted one. Cutting with the anointing. The result will be different. I close with something I believe you should think about. The gifts are without repentance. Any gift you have ever seen in your life that you thought you have lost is still inside of you. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.